guys, welcome back to Stories of the Nerd, and today we're going to continue with The Wizards of Once Not Three Times by Cressida Cowell with chapter 25, so I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 25, X Marks the Spot. Sycorax sniffed. Very foolish of you to hide it in the Nuclavi in the first place, Incanzo. How was I to know that anyone would be totally idiotic enough to go in there and remove it, stormed Incanzo. How could I have predicted the absolute madness of these ridiculous children? It's absolutely nonsensical of them. Well, if you were to be so careless with your heart, accidents are going to happen, said Queen Sycorax. There's a bit of your heart in there too, Sycorax snapped Incanzo. Ah, yes. When you've exchanged a true love's kiss, a little mixing up of hearts is unfortunately inevitable, even if the kiss is later regretted. Sycorax blushed. She tapped her pretty little foot on the beach. Yes, all right, all right, admitted Sycorax irritably. I too may have been a little careless with my heart in the past, but it's all under control now. Where have you hidden this heart, you beastly bodyguard? I'm afraid I can't say, said Bodkin. I'll tell you where I've hidden it after King Kanzo gives me the four scales that he told that he stole from the Calavi twenty years ago. I expect you to keep them in one of those handy pockets you have hanging from your belt, sir. There was a stunned silence. Wish and Tsar's heads lifted. Wish could feel the spirits lifting as well. Oh very clever, Bodkin, said Wish. Of course. That's why the Nuklavi said we have the scales already. We were meant to find the last ingredient in the spell to get rid of witches after all. What? cried Sycorax. I keep on telling you, there is no such thing as a spell to get rid of witches. But Zara and Wish were not listening. For them, this changed everything. Fate meant them to get the ingredients. That and that meant they had a chance. Hand over the scales, father, said Zara. What could Incanzo do? You can't just leave your heart lying around just for anyone to find it. Absolutely and completely and totally raging, Incanzo reached into his pocket, pulled out the four scales of the Nukalavi and gave them to Bodkin. Okay, we'll be off now, said Bodkin briskly. Where have you hidden my heart, yelled Incanzo. I'll tell you when we're on our way, said Bodkin. Where are you going, you foolish children, asked Sycorax. Well, we have all the ingredients now, don't we? Don't we, guys, said Bodkin. So, I expect we'll go off and put them together and make that spell. Wish put up her eye patch a smidgen and conjured up an image of the enchanted door of the punishment cupboard in her mind, and the door that they had hidden under some bits of wood on the edge of the beach shook off the undergrowth covering it and flew over the sand, hovering helpfully in, fo- in front of them. And then Wish thought of shoes, and Wish and Crusher's shoes walked out from the line of shoes on the edge of the beach, and Wish and Crusher put them back on. Zara and Wish and Bodkin climbed on the back of the hovering door. Wish moved the key to up, and as the door moved up into the air, Bodkin shouted down to the parents while they were in earshot. I buried your heart under the sand about 50 feet behind you. X marks the spot. Sure enough, while Incanzo and Sycorax were busy telling Wish and Zara off, Bodkin had crept away and buried the stone, putting two crossed twigs on top of it because it's surprisingly difficult to remember where you put something when you bury it on a beach. Incanzo and Sycorax ran across the sand and dug underneath the crossed twigs and to their great relief, Incanzo's heart that had turned into a stone was just where Bodkin said it was. They've done really well, haven't they? 
all on their own and everything, said the voice of Madame Petita. X marks a spot was a clever touch of Bodkins. Queen Sigrex jumped. Standing at her elbow was Madame Petita, laughing quietly to herself with Hula on her head. I wish you wouldn't do that, snapped Queen Sigrex. It's very rude to materialise out of nothing with your, without first announcing your presence. Oh, hello, Madame Petita. Hello, Hula. Wish shouted down so guiltily that she nearly fell off the door. We're so sorry about you losing your job at Pook's Hill. Don't worry, it wasn't your fault, Madame Petita called up to wish. And we needed a break from that learning place anyway, didn't we, Hula? You just carry on with what you're doing. You're doing really well. We're very proud of you. What on earth are you talking about, said Queen Sigrax. Queen Sigrax shook her fist up at the door, hovering just, just, just above the adults. Come back, wish, said Queen Sigrax. There is no hope. Life is complicated. Here in the real world, your bodyguard has already betrayed you. I know that, said Wish, but he's sorry, aren't you, Bodkin? I'm very sorry, said Bodkin. Couldn't be sorrier, but Zara and Wish have forgiven me and I won't do it again. Is that it, raged Queen Sigrax. He just says he's sorry and you forgive him. How can you ever trust him again, you fool? I don't know, explained Wish. I just can. Isn't it strange that the only conversations that mother and daughter seemed to have were shouted ones from the backs of doors? The thing is, Queen Sigrax, Bodkin shouted down at the edge of the door, in your warrior world, there's these immovable ide- class distinctions and everything. Once a servant, always a servant. Whereas in Wish's world, a bodyguard can still be a hero. Wish's world has never existed and it never will, Queen Sigrax yelled. Come back down here, I will arrest your snowcats and your giant. I'm going to lock up that giant as an enemy of the people. Crusher was lumbering out of the sea. He looked mildly surprised and anxious to find that Queen Sigrax had drawn her bow and arrow and was pointing it at him. Uh-oh, said Crusher. In front of Queen Sigrax and Kanzo's eyes, the mountain of a giant disappeared, faded into the wind, as if there were no giant there at all. The snowcats and wolves were also there one minute and gone the next. And when an extremely frustrated Sigrax pointed her arrow upwards at the door, it too had vanished, melted into the air. It is incredibly ill-considered of you to teach them invisibility, Madame Pedita, said Incanzo. They are way too young to be able to deal with such a dangerous power. I told them how risky it was, said Pedita. I warned them not to stay invisible too long. I trust them to cope. You have taught Wish too much, said Incanzo, grimly, looking up at where the door once was. Beware, Madame Pedita, for you may have signed her death warrant. Once Wish is too powerful to be contained, she can only be destroyed. Tut, 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 tutted Pedita. Such violent talk is unnecessary. You and Sigrax still have so much to learn. Children have a way of growing. Even if you try and stop them, said Petita. Catch them if you can. Well, real life has caught up with you, hasn't it, Madame Petita? snapped Queen Sigrax. You've lost your precious learning place. See what happens if you meddle? You should have never taken the child in. I know, said Petita sadly, eyes already welling with tears for Petita cried easily. But they're worth it. The young people, and they're more grateful than they sometimes look. Who hooted Hula rudely as if she did not agree with Petita. Twenty-five years! Twenty-five years of building that Pook's Hill up from nothing, she mourned, in the face of all those dreadful druids saying a woman could never be the head. Did they say that? said Sikorex, outraged. How dare they! I'm sorry, Madame Petita. I know you will miss the teaching and all your experiments, not to mention the beautiful garden, said Incanzo, with genuine concern. I'm even missing those pesky piskies, admitted Pedita, tears running down her face with such regularity that her rose-coloured glasses were misting up. 
She clicked her fingers and one of Sycorax's handkerchiefs had wormed its way out of Sycorax's pockets. And it danced up to Petita's nose and Petita blew her nose onto it with a great trumpeting blast. I'm sorry too, even if it was all your fault, said Sycorax, sympathetic despite herself. She could appreciate the struggles of fellow women trying to run things. Keep the handkerchief, for Petita was offering it back to her. Oh, how kind, Petita said, smiling and recovering her composure. Never mind. If you ever need any help with your children in the future, all you need to do is knock three times. If we need any help, said Sycorax, recovering from her moment of sympathy and remembering what a danger Petita was to the future of the Wildwoods, we're never going to need any assistance from you. You're a total liability. You're completely irresponsible. And in the meantime, well, you're never too old to start again. The sparkle had come back into Petita's eyes. I've always wanted to see what went on in the Northern Territories, to find out what happens if you follow the giant's footsteps to the utter bitter end. So I've got my favourite walking staff and the old trusty walking boots. She looked down at her feet. The boots really were old, decaying at the edges and falling to bits, and frankly, even a bit smelly. Pedita stamped a bit, and one of the heels fell off with a yes, a definite stinky whiff. A little brisk walking will work off the pong, said Pedita enthusiastically. You could see this as a bit of a godsend. Wandering free once again with the wind in our hair and a song in our hearts, just as a wizard ought to do. Isn't it wonderful to be given a chance to go a-wandering once again, eh, Hula? Hula ruffled her feathers indignantly. We're way too old to wander, madam. Personally, I prefer a roof over my head. That can be arranged, said Sir Grax with a grim promptness. I'm going to put out a warrant for the arrest of you and your owl, madam Bedita, throughout my warrior kingdom. You better get used to being invisible. Sycorax had drawn a bow and arrow once more, but Petita hadn't worked with teenagers for 25 years without learning to be prepared for the unexpected changes of emotion. One minute she stood in front of them as a human in very old walking boots. The next she was a bear, a great roaring bear, and then she vanished. All about the beach around them, bear prints appeared, one line going this way, another that. Wandering around in scatterbrained circles, myriad illusions of multiple bear prints appearing, disappearing, here one second, gone the next lost and found all at the same time in a way that thoroughly confused Sycorax for she didn't know where to shoot. Hula hovered before them for a moment longer, hooting hoo hoo, which meant how rude, how rude before disappearing like mist into the sea. And King Kanzo and Queen Sycorax were left alone upon the beach. The witches up in the sky had disappeared. It was just the two of them and in Kanzo's very ancient sprite it's old Snowcat and the wind. Being a parent is very, very hard, said Incanzo after a while. It most certainly is, agreed Sycorax. But they're extraordinarily annoying, those children, said Incanzo. But I have to admit, I miss Zar when he is not there. And at heart, I know the silly little boy does mean well. I wish I could help him. Sycorax said nothing. You don't think, said Incanzo slowly, we might possibly be wrong about the choices that we made in the past. Of course not, snapped Queen Sycorax. We had responsibilities, duties to our people, not to mention tradition. Ah, yes, said Incanze. Tradition, of course. There was another long silence. So, what do we do now then, said Incanze meditatively, as he watched Queen Sycorax's little irritated foot going tap, 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 and an annoying in annoyance on a rock on the beach and her pretty little nostrils flaring in and out with temper. 
She really does have an extremely pretty nose, thought Incanzo. I wish. But then he stopped himself, for the world cannot be lost for the sake of pretty noses. We will have a temporary truce, said Queen Sigrax, not just for one night, but for however long it will take to catch those children. This is a state of emergency, and in a state of emergency, normal rules do not apply. So you will stop setting fire to the wildwoods, said King Kanzo, and stop capturing my giants and my elves, and generally making a menace of yourself? Temporarily, said Queen Sigrax. And in the meantime, I will take care of the King Witch and put him where he can never get out of that iron casing. You will get your druids and wizards to try and retrieve all of these undesirable objects released from the guardianship of the Knuckle Abbey, and we will both strain every nerve, every sinew, every breath in our lungs, every itch in our fingers to catch those children. Alongside the bear prince, an invisible hand was writing something on the beach in letters so large that they could only be read from above. We will both lose our thrones in Kanzo if we do not catch them, warned Quinsicrax. The Emperor of the Warriors is watching me, the Druids are watching you, and I've always admired your fighting spirit. Sycorax, smiled in Kanzo in admiration, you never know when you're beaten. What a magnificent woman you are indeed. You're the only person even trickier than I am. Well, I'm so glad that you said that, said Sycorax, her usual wintry smile warming up a bit, because most people see my strength as a bit of a downside, but when you're being a monarch, you have to take difficult decisions and... Hang on a second. Hang on a second indeed, repeated Incanzo as both monarch's smiles faded. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Is Padita tricking both of us? A truce? Working together side by side? Is that sensible, Sycorax? Do we trust ourselves? Working together from a distance, said Sycorax firmly. No turning into swifts or any such nonsense. I'm going to go right back behind my wall and make it even bigger. And if Padita can trick us, why, I think we can out-trick Padita. Sycorax reached into a pocket hanging from her waist. This is something I carry around with me always as a sort of promise to myself. She drew out a small glass vial from the pocket. It is the last drops of the spell of love denied, said Sycorax. You didn't drink it all, said Incanzo in surprise. I could not quite bear it at the time, admitted Sycorax. I wanted to save a smidgen of the love and memory of it so that it was not entirely forgotten. Incanzo's face, so stern, so sad, turned young and eager for a second like clouds lifting on a darkened hillside. It was as if, after all these years, the distant ghost of a young warrior princess had arrived at the hut of his younger self, the poor wizard who waits, and he lifted up his head in the doorway, and there she was. "'You did love me, after all!' cried Incanzo. "'But that was my weakness,' said Sycorax. "'If I had drunk the whole spell, wish would have never been born with this curse. "'None of this would have happened. "'So now we have to drink the last drops of the spell together, "'so that we can be strong enough to make this right again.' Incanzo's sprite, a very ancient one, that age had turned so twig-like in nature it very rarely spoke, now felt an urgent need to express its opinion. I urge you, Majesties, not to drink this liquid. And the sprite was so exasperated that it slapped its little stick-like hand on its forehead in its incredulity at the idiocy of these humans. It had to be said, in the mixture at the bottom of the vial, Queen Sycorax was holding up looked very evil indeed. As soon as she uncorked the bottle, there was a small explosion and queasy wisps of greasy green smoke curled up from the wicked liquid remains sloshing around in the bottom of it. 
It was even crackling a little as if infested by a mini volcano. A little drop spat over the rim of the bottle, landing on the grass, which promptly turned black and died. A short of a large sign saying, Do not drink me, I am a rather more dangerous than a deathly death cat mushroom, soaked in arsenic. This was a potion that couldn't be making itself any more clear that it would be thoroughly disagreeable to digest. Excellent idea, said Incanzo, producing a cup from beneath his cloak. I cannot stress more strongly that you should not drink this spell, said Incanzo's sprite, panicking on Incanzo's shoulder. Nonsense, snapped Queen Sigrax. I've drunk this before. It's a little spicy, but it's perfectly safe. Cheers. Love is weakness. And Queen Sigrax threw back her head and took a good swig of the spell. It has got a little spicier over the last twenty years. Queen Sigrax admitted, as her lips turned yellow, black and parched as lemons, and she handed the cup to Incanzo. King Incanzo took the cup and drained the last drops, and then he threw the empty cup at a nearby stone so that it smashed. Every piece of grass around the stone promptly burst into wicked yellow-green flames. King Incanzo turned to Queen Sycorax. He swept her a magnificent bow. Incanzo had been wondering what he should do with his heart now that it was turned into stone. Where could he keep it so it stayed safely lost as it had been in the throat of the Knuckle Abbey? And now he knew. The safest place for this stone was around the neck of Queen Sycorax, the coldest woman in the wild woods. Sycorax, Queen of the Warriors, said King Incanzo. Will you do me the honour of keeping this stone on your necklace for me for safekeeping? I know it will never turn back into a heart when it is around your cold neck. Queen Sycorax looked at King Incanzo. Without speaking, she put the small grey pebble around her neck next to the other, much more splendid beads. Queen Sycorax nodded, and then she turned away. If she hadn't been such a magnificent queen, if she hadn't just drunk the last box, drops of the spell of love denied, you might have thought, she was thinking about crying, but love is weakness, cried Queen Sigrax. Love is weakness, replied King Incanzo. And then they both climbed on the back of Incanzo's snowcat. I will escort you to your troops, said Incanzo. I will allow you to escort me, said Queen Sigrax. They had a short, swift exchange about who was going to be driving the snowcat. Queen Sigrax won, and then they had a conversation that I am a loss to understand, given the terrible nature of the spell they had just drunk. Will you allow me to lend you my cloak, said Incanzo? You look a little chilly. Warrior queens never get cold. We are far too tough, said Sycorax, shivering. But you look a little warm yourself, so I'll carry your coat for you as a favour just this once to prevent you from overheating. Incanzo gave his cloak to Queen Sycorax, and Incanzo kicked off her heels imperiously, and Incanzo's snowcat set off in the direction of Queen Sycorax's army. Inexplicable. And then the beach was empty. And then... The, looking down at the edge of the door, high in the air, Wish and Zar and their companions could finally see what Perdita had written in enormous letters in the sand of the beach. Catch them if you can. So, that was chapter 25. Um, the love is definitely dead now. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to see you in the next episode. So bye.